Dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to get through this thing called the season. Electric word season, it means 82 games, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The postseason. A world of never-ending minutes. You'll never see the bench. Day or night. So when you call up that GM on South Beach, you know the one, Dr. Pat Riley. Instead of asking for Jay Rich and Bam, ask him for a pick instead, baby. Because in this season, things are much harder than in the postseason. In this season, you're on your own. And if the gossip tries to bring you down, go crazy. Welcome to episode 89 of Wolves Cast, the show that has never scored 50 points in a game, but has also never been accused of rape. It's hosted by myself and my old friend. I'm Scott. I'm Rob. The doc still said I'm Neil in there. I almost said my name is Neil. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Robert. Robert with an H, everybody. He is a <laughs> longtime fan of the program. Uh, he's been uh, doing the Jeopardy episodes with us for three summers running. He's uh, guest hosted now in a couple seasons back to back, and so thank you for being here, Rob. We always appreciate you having here. Thank you for having me, Scott. It's always an honor and a privilege mm. to be on Wolves Cast, probably my favorite uh, podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. So, wow. thank you very much. I hope I can fill the uh, big floppy shoes of Neil. Well, uh, I will say one of my favorite podcasts is your Kings of the North. Yes, we're in the middle of football season, and the Kings of the North podcast is in mid-season form. They are uh, a NFC North podcast that's right. that is really about uh, the kind of lampoons the absurdities of NFL coverage. Uh, they have multiple personas, and that's uh, right. the guests, the reoccurring guests they have, have their own personas, and it's really fun. Um, I think next week I'm going to have you bring a segment from your show onto this show, and we can ah, do something. I like that—a little crossover. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't maybe even, we'll have to return in kind. I don't even like NFL football, y'all, and I listen to it every week because it's that entertaining. I, I don't even do it because they're my friends. I do it because it's entertaining. Well, we appreciate the compliment, and uh, I hope that we're not uh, building things up too much in terms of my uh, guest uh, guest hosting abilities. Because uh, again, Neil is. Neil's got a pretty big shadow that I'm going to have to get out of. Well, on your pod, you play the role of wrangling some of the crazier personalities together. And I'm a mediator. The show on the row. And yeah, here, that's right. you're just a hired gun. I just need you for your, you know, your hot takes and your Timberwolves knowledge. Exactly. I'll try my best. All right. We got a great show ahead for you. We have a week recap. We've played three games since we last talked to each other. We'll go over those. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday night. Uh, the... Uh, Golden State Warriors game is going on right now. We're going to assume that's an L, but we'll talk about that on next week's pod. Uh, We have a drama update with our weekly soap opera, As the Wolf Howls. Uh, Full court press. We're going to be talking about uh, the new uniforms, Derrick Rose's 50-point game, and a little bit about Justin Patton. We have a sponsor. We have a mailbag. We'll be answering your questions. We have weekly Wolfies and a game. It's a packed packed episode chock chock full of wolvesy goodness and you heard me right we're recording this on a friday night because that's how much we care about you the listener that's right we'd be out at the club right now if it weren't for this show i've gotten texts and saying why aren't you at the club scott and i said i'm working i put my phone on silent i was getting so many 
All right. So what we're going to do now is uh, first I want to say buy our merch. We have a wolvescast.com. Go to the shop page. We have a new lawn sleeve tee that it says Wolvescast uh, in yep. the font of the KG era uh, Timberwolves. And then it has the trees lined up on the sleeves. It's a really good thing to wear underneath your jersey, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing the uh, um, uh, the throwback jersey. It fits really well. So check that out. You can get High fi- quality. You can get $5 off with the code Jimmy Jam, J-I-M-M-Y-J-A-M. Uh, and use that code. Somebody bought it this week without co- that code, and I felt bad. Uh, also check out the Wolves Cast Digest. It's on Canis Hoopus. I put that together every week, and it takes me a lot of time. So I'd appreciate it if you at least clicked, leave a comment. I promise I'll wreck them, even if I don't agree with you. You did a fantastic job this week, Scott. Just Thank let you. me compliment you on that. Thank you. I felt good you about really this. You put week. a lot of care into it. You well, can tell. I, I try. I try my best. So thank you, and uh, let's go ahead and get into this week recap. Well, Robert, I have to say it's been kind of a dull week for the Wolves. Yeah. I mean, nothing interesting really happened. Uh, oh, um, no, no drama around the team. Uh, and so I guess we'll just look at, uh, you know, it wasn't a roller coaster week. It was just a straight line, right? <laughs> first off, That's we had, right. I went to two games, my first two games of the season. Yeah. Went to last Friday's game, a loss versus Milwaukee, 125-95. That's a 30-point loss, and yet it felt larger. The worst loss of the season, disastrous effort on both ends, an embarrassing game. How did you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was one of the worst losses that not just of this young season, but since the uh, certainly since last season, yes, started where the the expectations kind of shifted a little bit for this team. Uh, I mean, you were playing with Jimmy at home, and you were you would think that I don't know if the Wolves have this sort of thing where when they play Milwaukee, there's any kind of like they get up for it or anything. I don't know if the whole. Like, I don't. I don't think there's, there's really a, rivalry. a rivalry. I think maybe for like Tyus, who grew up with that rivalry. Yeah. But for guys who are just like for Jimmy, like bad. I don't think he has a rivalry with Milwaukee. They don't understand the Minnesota, and you know it's an Eastern Conference, Western Conference thing. So it's not like we're in the same division or anything. Yeah. It. Uh, it felt like the team really didn't care all that much from the from the outset. Um, like you said, I mean, they lost by thirty, but it felt like it was an even bigger deficit because the entire second half it was fluctuating between like 30 and 40. Actually, some of the deep bench reserves kind of came in and actually got the lead uh, down a little bit. Yeah, we got to see Keita Bates Diop. And we got to see see James Nunnally. James Nunnally. Got to see they emptied out the bench. All those guys. And they came came through. And uh, so I guess that's the silver lining. But it's definitely one of the probably eight worst games I've ever attended in person. I talked to some friends about this after the game, and I said, you know, I don't mind getting blown out by a team that's better than us I, as long as we try. If we if we were trying mm. hard and we lose, I don't feel bad about that going home. I might be like, man, we're a bad team, but I'm not going to feel bad about going to that game. The worst games I've been to in my life are the ones where the team doesn't try. When it looks like they don't care about it, they're going through the motions, and then you're like, why am I sitting here if they're not trying? You know, And exactly. that's what made this game so depressing is that we weren't trying at all. Especially when you pair it with, I mean, if you have been paying attention to the preseason, the Wolves got got thrown out against the Bucks in the preseason and then you come home you expect a little bit better effort and same thing happens uh, the and- fans you know even without the Tibbs and Butler drama this is the kind of performance where you get you boo your own team because they're mm, they're clearly not half-time. trying they're clearly not trying. And the only thing that kept the boos from being louder is I'd say about 30 to 40% of the fans there were Bucks fans. <laughs> so they were cheering. They're not going to boo the Tim Rolls for laying down against the Bucks. They were happy. And you know what? Good for Milwaukee. 
It's good they've for been Milwaukee. through some tough times too. That's another reason why it's not really a rivalry. Is we've both been no. so terrible. Like there's no there's no rivalry <laughs> between terrible teams. No, uh, I'm happy for them. I've loved Giannis for a long time. Uh, I want to go check out the new arena this year. Maybe a road trip would be in order. I'm planning on doing that. Yeah, making, so making uh, the pilgrimage. Let's let's schedule that off the mic. Uh, yes, we'll all go together in private. So I'm happy for the Bucks fans. Uh, but if it weren't so many Bucks fans, the boos would have been even louder because that was terrible. Hopefully, it's the worst loss of the season. Hopefully, but probably not. And then I intend in the very next game on Monday, which is a win against the Los Angeles Lakers, 124 to 120. You watched this game, Robert? I did watch this game. I watched it with my Kings of the North uh, brethren. Nice. It was uh, rowdy. Um, it was, uh, again, I when I watched the Bucks game, I was struck by just not not just how how flat the Wolves came out, but just how how good the Bucks are. And when I was watching great. the Lakers, I was struck. I mean, I didn't think the Wolves put on a super, you know, good performance. I was really impressed by by Cat and him having a bounce back game. I thought up to that point, that was might have been his best game of the season. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was just struck by how disinterested the Lakers kind of looked, as well as particularly LeBron. And he's the, he's kind of the obviously he sets the tone for the team. And it just seemed like that first half, he was just kind of sleepwalking. Yeah, there, things. there was a did you see the highlight of at the end of the game when he inbounded the ball and then went back to the locker room while the Lakers were. Oh, still, I didn't see that. Yeah, that it was like there was still like, surprise me. you know, there's still like a full possession to go and the Lakers weren't <laughs> going to win. But I mean, we only won by, you know, four points. And I guess there's a, a shot in the in the kind of Tracy McGrady, you know, sense. Yeah, yeah. And LeBron did not care. He passed that ball in and then he just took off towards the locker room. So I agree. He Get looked a little disinterested, but he sneaks up on you. Uh, it's the first quarter, he like didn't take any shots. And then you look up in the second quarter and he's got a few points. And then you look up in the third quarter, and he's already at past 20. And you're like, where are these shots coming from? Yeah. He's got. He's made some crazy LeBron Makes it shots. Look easy, obviously. He has that uh, step back jumper around the elbow where it's not a fadeaway shot. It's him actively jumping backwards and shooting a shot. Mm-hmm. He made one of those. Still an impressive LeBron game. Um, but man, at early quarter it was Brandon Ingram tearing us up. I mean, we had Derrick Rose guarding LeBron and Brandon Ingram, and they both have five to six inches on him. Like Ingram could not care less about Rose's defense on him because he just shoot no, it over. That's going to be something we're going to have to get used to. Is as D Rose plays better, yeah. Expect him to get more minutes, and if he's going to get minutes of the two, it's just going to be lots of lots of abuse. Other big two guards just abusing him every night because he can't. He couldn't really. He couldn't really guard ones. Yeah. I mean, and in, in that old Chicago system, maybe he he could you know be serviceable. But now that he's broken down physically, I mean, he can can barely guard. It's not ideal. Ones, let alone big twos like Ingram, and yeah, it was it was tough to see sometimes. But you know, but L.A. matched the Wolves' own ineptitude on defense for sure. no, it was for pretty no much de- the entire no game. No defense so, was played pretty much. No, just Javale blocking shots. That I, was like the only defense you saw. I'm still shook by how fast the Lakers play. It might have been the fastest I've ever seen a team play. They get the defensive yeah. rebound and they throw it down the court. They run. They're not great shooters, but they get so many points in transition. It was super fun to watch for that reason. And because the, no team ever got to a big lead, it was pretty close the entire game. No, back no and forth, lead, back and forth. No lead know? is safe with, with either of these teams. That's the truth. Uh, Butler has a good game, 32-6-4. Cat had 25-16-6-4. A lot of blocks there. Weird feelings seeing uh, 
seeing Butler play hero ball, like successful hero ball in the fourth quarter. Again, yeah. it's just so weird to... I think he was five of six from three. Yeah. Um, another weird thing in the fourth quarter, the Wolves hit eight three-pointers and zero two-pointers. It's, uh, uh, it's an anomaly. It was a historical thing. I think it's not... It's either the first time in NBA history or the first time in Wolves history that that's happened where they hit only three-point field goals for an entire quarter and no two-point field goals. I mean, goals. it's great. It's encouraging. I mean, the Wolves' three-point shooting has been on the uptick, so it's yeah. uh, but those shots kind of get with the times. But I don't know if, you, if you're expecting those consistently to go in. Yeah, absolutely. There's some fun Lakers jerseys I expected. Usually you go there and it's all little kids in Kobe Bryant jerseys. I yep. was surprised how many people had updated to LeBron jerseys already. Tons of LeBron oh, jerseys. I yeah. uh, saw Metal World Peace, uh, Worthy, James Worthy. Nice. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Oh, the Van Exel has got to be my favorite. I saw every iterate every team that LeBron's ever played for, I've seen a jersey there. Yeah. There was the high school jersey, old school Cavs, Heat, new school Cavs, Team USA, Ooh. Lakers. I saw every version of LeBron's jersey ever was represented in the crowd. And my favorite... There were many people wearing jerseys for players and teams that were not playing. I saw Michael Bo- <laughs> Jordan Bowles. I saw Allen Iverson, Sixers. Right. I saw Steph Curry. It was a very much a, this is my one basketball game I'm going to this year, and this is the one basketball the jersey, jersey I own. Regardless of team. So I love seeing I like that, that too. A lot of a lot of random jerseys out there. But <laughs> always fun to stick it to the Lakers at home. Uh, had some little Hasn't kids. gotten old yet, even though no, I mean, it's been no, a while sir. since they've It'll been nev- good. But never will get for old. all those years of of ineptitude and the Lakers being good and the Wolves being bad and it being like 60-40 Lakers fans in the building oh, when yeah. they come to town. It's uh, I haven't uh, hasn't gotten old for me, so nope. bring it on. Had two little kids sitting next to me during that game who didn't understand why Cherry Berry went away. They were oh. like, "No, where's the Cherry Berry?" They were so disappointed. I know you guys are kind of ambivalent about it, but I was devastated when I went to the season opener and there wasn't Cherry Berry. We looked, at, we were wondering because we kind of looked around the looked around Target Center to see if there's any Cherry Berry like signage yeah. around. We were like, oh, gone. we don't see anything. They must have cut it. Bad blood. Ah, yeah. <laughs> or they're just going out of business, maybe. Ah, that could be, too. Yeah. Um, all right. So then finishing up Wednesday night, uh, no Butler, or it was against the Utah Jazz at home, 128 to 125 loss. I believe we were never up or down more than like three points in the final quarter. Very close yeah. game. No Jimmy Butler, no Jeff Teague, no Tyus Jones. Makes you think... This is the one we're just preparing to lose. You know, That's we're right. starting Rose and Okogie out there. Uh, but we won. A spectacular performance by Derek Rose. 50 points on 19 and 31 shooting, four rebounds, six assists, four, seven from three, eight, 11 from the line, two steals, one block. Block coming at the end of the game, the final shot. Mm-hmm. Blocked it. He didn't want to lose. You don't want to score 50 and lose. Towns was also good. 28 points on nine and 17 shooting, 16 boards, four assists, two blocks, two steals. Uh, so. Robert, that was uh, that was an exciting game. That was one of the more memorable memorable games that I've watched. Uh, I feel bad that, and it was the throwback game. I feel bad That's that right. the the building was basically like half full because it was Halloween, and they had they had all these kind of cool things, a throwback night, and then you yeah. end up seeing that that D Rose goes for like a career night and ends up being the Ricky returning. Uh, which That's I guess true. isn't as big of a deal as it was last year, but it is still, you know, it's it's notable. It is for me. Yeah, it'll always be for me seeing him come back. Uh, it was disappointing that I actually wanted him to have a big game. Yeah, uh, obviously I want the Wolves to win, but I I like seeing Ricky prosper. I'm I'm happy for him. I think you know it worked out for him. Um, but it was uh, Okogie had a great game as the week went on. Yeah, he did. Okogie's 
uh, field goal field goal percentage went up and up and up, and I think he was like. He's like five for six or something. He's looking more confident on offense every game. On defense, he's looked great all season. But yeah. on offense, you know, you're seeing the progression of him, like going from the person who would catch an open three and then travel while trying to dribble it out of the corner right. to somebody who's picking his shots a lot better. Yeah, so it's always been kind of a mixed blessing, this whole uh, Butler, Wiggins being injured. And then we had uh, with Tyus and Jeff. Um, and Jeff Teague both being out. I mean, he played a lot of minutes. Um, so I was happy to see him get an opportunity and happy to see, like like you said, in, for a team that so sorely needs defensive intensity, he's just what the doctor ordered. And, uh, yeah, Kemp, very happy with him and looking forward to seeing what he can do these uh, the rest of the season. We might have a diamond in the rough, dare I say. Yeah, that was – I I, I believe so as well. I think that the legend of Okogi will only grow. The legend. Oh, the man, the myth, the legend. I posted in the digest and you guys should all check that out uh, about what Josh Okogi's nickname should be. Yeah, uh, I think this will be just a fun thing. We go that throughout the season. I know there's the Obi-Wan uh, Okogi. Uh, I love his Twitter handle. Call me nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. Nonstop is pretty great for his personality. That sums it up. And if he can get behind it, you know. I think that's worth something. I was reading a Georgia Tech message board today when I was working on the digest of them trying to figure out a nickname for him, and all their suggestions were terrible. Josh O'Kobe <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Nah. So. No, you don't want to. Hey, great win, though. Yourself to another great player. win. You want to be on your own. Division opponent, you know? It's, uh, those yeah. are the wins you want to get, you know? The Wolves are great against their own division last year, so. And we're doing good at home again so far this season. You got to like those things. Yeah. You're um, around. I was going to say. Hearts. Uh, the, the great thing about this performance, this game, was I feel like Timberwolves fans were feeling pretty down before this game. We had Absolutely. more more Butler drama. It seems like he can choose to sit whenever he wants to. All these players were being so held weird. out. You just felt like this is going to be a loss. and You just felt, you know, there's a lot of drama that's been taking away from our enjoyment of the Timberwolves this season. And this game was one of those that was just fun, you know? Yeah, it was. It was this carthotic experience to be just like, Oh yeah, here's a surprise performance. We weren't expecting this, and the players were obviously feeling joyful about it, and to see real joy on the basketball court. I haven't was, seen that in a long time. Exactly. So it was a very refreshing game for Wolves fans. We'll talk about some of the other aspects of it later in the pod, but uh, I just thought that like that performance was really good for the team team chemistry, but fan uh, enjoyment too, because I think some fans were getting alienated by the joyless play and. That was a game where you're like, wow, you know, Timberwolves. Everybody needed a little bit of a pick-me-up, a little something just to kind of escape from all the all the, the drama. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I feel kind of bad that it, it's like, God, did it have to be D-Rose who had the huge game? Couldn't have been somebody else. But, uh, you know, I'm well, just happy that it was somebody. That's a good segue into Full Court Press. Unfortunately, we're going to take a detour to our weekly soap opera, As the Wolf Howls. As the Wolf Howls. That's right. It's our weekly soap opera, As the Wolf Howls. There's so much drama around this team. What better way to highlight the drama every week than from our own personal soap opera? This week, Butler, self-imposed, resting whenever he wants. He's labeled as general soreness, but it seemed like Butler chose he didn't want to play this game, and then Tibbs had to come up for a reason for it, right? Yeah, general indifference or general malaise. Yeah, I like that. Uh, DNP unrest. Yeah. That's the one I liked. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently Jimmy's just going to sit whenever he feels like it. 
Um, on one hand, if this were something that, like, I think Jimmy knows his body. Remember, he didn't play in the All Star game right before he blew out his knee. Right. Like, he didn't play in the All Star game the very next game he blew out his knee. So I think he understands when he needs rest a little bit. So if this is Jimmy saying, I was a diva and I sat out all preseason, so I don't have my legs under me yet, and I don't want to injure myself to hurt my trade value, I agree with you, Jimmy. I like. I don't think I don't want you to injure yourself and hurt your trade value. That'd be the worst thing. Yeah. But at the same time, if it's just something arbitrary where he's like, you know, I don't want to. One, did you see both Teague and Butler sat out with Rubio returning after the drama yeah. at the end of last season? Teague and Rubio got into a dust up. Jimmy Butler rejoined Twitter for, for the first <laughs> time after years and was like, uh, "Ricky, don't want none of that. Don't get up so quick, you know." And then both of them were too cowardly to That's play true. against Ricky I hadn't Rubio. Thought of that. They were ducking that. They didn't he's want that smoke. He's an intimidating guy. He is, you know, and I think I think both of them didn't want, you know, Ricky uh, being Ricky. tricky on them on the court. So he'd embarrass you. Cowards is what I'm saying for both of them. But uh, agreed. Yeah, how do you feel about uh, Jimmy just seemingly to be on his own schedule here? I just find this so bizarre that like Tibbs is allowing this, or it seems like Jimmy can is basically just like calling his own shots right now, and Tibbs is just sort of okay with it. Like it's this weird relationship where where Tibbs feels like almost like Jimmy can't do any wrong. I mean, yeah, that's it, exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, during the 2016 campaign, Donald Trump accurately, I think, said <laughs> I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and nobody and my fans wouldn't be angry at me. You know, I think he's right about that. I feel like it's the same way with Jimmy and Tibbs. Like Jimmy could kill Tibbs's dog. Uh, Tibbs doesn't have a dog. He has no one who loves him. But Jimmy no. could kill Tibbs's, uh, you know. Best friend, we'll say, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> and and Tibbs would just be like, great marksmanship. You know, like, I feel like Jim, Jimmy, there's nothing Jimmy could do that would turn Tibbs against him at this point. Yeah. I also liked when the, uh, like, Shams and, uh, and John Krasinski oh, yeah. tweeted out, they talked about how this is like the next step in the, the whole process of him getting traded. And I mean, it got me to thinking, and they touched upon this in the Dunkdown podcast, is like, what's the, there's kind of a fine line if you're Jimmy Butler in terms of like trying to get yourself traded. Like, do you want to play really, really well to get your trade value high and make a team like, you know, Miami or Be Houston? Like, we need this guy. Gonna, but the better you play, it makes it less likely that Tibbs really wants to trade you because his job is on the line. He wants to win games. Yeah, I could see Tibbs being like, uh, I don't want those four first-round picks. And then Jimmy has a great game against the Lakers. And he's like, I need five first-round picks now. You saw yeah. him. You saw how good he was. Yeah, but if you play badly, then maybe – I guess he's sort of a known quantity at this point. But especially for a team that might be thinking that he's just a rental or something like that uh, – if you're playing badly or if you're you're sitting out or whatever you that might that might kind of uh turn off a team a potential trading partner as well so it's this weird like fine line that i'm not sure uh, i'm happy that i was happy when i heard that he was going to sit out i'll say that because i like the other guys getting a little bit more a uh, little bit more opportunity yeah i, cre- I think that created the opportunity with him for around yeah, I think with with him not around, it does seem to uh, a weight is taken off of Cat's shoulders a little bit. You can tell that he's been affected by all this nonsense. Yes, I thought much. it was weird that when we saw the the D Rose fifty point game, that 
they had like the whole locker room celebration and everyone's in there and then at the very end jimmy comes in and gives like d rose kind of his own separate thing had to be all about jimmy of course he had to just draw that attention he had to wait yeah. for, the, for his press conference to start to jump in and say hey, congrats d rose like he couldn't do that off mic he's such a no. diva yeah, what a diva but he's a good diva who's good at basketball unfortunately yeah, you gotta live with that and i think you've nailed it though is what what you just said was teams know who jimmy butler is at this point I think that him playing well or him having a good game or a bad game isn't going to trade it change how other teams value him. I think the only thing that could change that is health. You know, I think the mm-hmm. health is the only thing. I think you're right. Teams know who Jimmy is. If his body well. continues to be generally sore, yep, exactly, that could change things. Gen- generally sore. <laughs> yeah. and that's I'm gonna I'm gonna call him to work. Generally sore next yeah. week and not go. Just not I'm feeling just sort of generally I'm, I'm sore. 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 All right. Well, uh, let's go on to uh, full court press. Here's the tip. All right, full court press. We got a few pressing topics to talk about. First up, career high 50 points for Derrick Rose. We gave you the technical, the stats, how it kind of happened earlier. But now we're going to talk about how we feel about it. Mm. Because uh, he's a polarizing guy, this Derrick Rose. And, yeah, he is. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. Um, there's a lot of feelings to unpack, and we didn't write a lot of this down, so I think it's just going to be kind of exploratory. It's going to be cathartic for us. There's some people who wrote really good things about it on the internet, lots of good takes. Britt Robson uh, talked about his article uh, at Philante, P-H-A-L-A-N-T-E, Keysane, wrote or, probably the best piece on it. I'm going to have Neil link it in the show notes. Um, there's a great article on Canis by uh, Josh Clement, or Clement. Oh, yeah. He's a Frenchman. Yeah, I linked that in the digest. You Grappling know. with Derek Joge. Uh, Derek Rose fandom fandom and I thought that really encapsulated well as well so and um, the people are taking note of it instead of just sort of the blind kind of there's been like a lot of Derek Rose almost like propaganda or something that's out there Derek Rose is one of the most popular players in the league still yeah Even especially when, amongst the players when he went to the Knicks his jersey was a top 10 seller in the league that year and I mean, I don't. They don't have his jersey readily available around here, but I still think he would outsell Cat and Wiggins and Butler if mm. they had his jersey as available. Um, he's a massively popular player. We've got people now who are tuning into the team, not who have never watched Wolves games because they're Rose fans more than they are fans of an NBA team. Yeah, and uh, he's got this kind of cult of personality around him in that sense. And the Timberwolves, <laughs> to some people's chagrin, including my own. The social mm-hmm. media team has realized if you do any tweet about Derrick Rose, it's going to get all the likes and all the retweets, all the faves. You know, it's going to drive those metrics up. So you see the social media team really pandering to Derrick Rose lately. Today they had a tweet said, we're all D-Rose stands. Yeah. That's not a good thing to say you're a stand for a person, you know? <laughs> and that means you're just really caped for them. You know, you're like a lover who's like crazy about them, you know, regardless of what they do. And so it just feels like they're pandering because they understand anything you tweet positive about Derrick Rose is going to get all that internet metrics because I see it on Twitter. I see it on Timberwolves Reddit. There are people who are Rose fans, not Timberwolves fans, who just kind of travel around. And personally, I want to say I understand some of it. Derrick Rose was my favorite basketball player during his MVP season. And for a period of like five years, one of my favorite athletes, if not my favorite athlete, I, I felt so bad for him with the trials and tribulations he's been through with his injuries. And I just was always cheering for this guy. And he's one of my very favorite athletes until, um, and this is what everyone says, off-court issues. And then they say, yeah, they go on. They don't, they don't discuss the off-court issues. And I've noticed from a lot of the internet hate that people, here's the off-court issue. He was uh, on trial for a gang rape of a woman that he had been seeing. 
he was found uh, a civil trial and he was found not liable, uh, not not guilty, not liable. And that is appeal is on appeal. Uh, ironically, the appeal date in court is November 16th, which will be the first Prince night. Um, so it's going to be weird. The teams are promoting this guy. And now he has an appeal in his rape case. Who knows where it'll go? But the appeal is basically based on these jurors. We were like taking photos with him after. The, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And the judge was like, uh, and I'm cheering for you and your games unless, except when you play the Knicks play the Lakers. And it was just this weird, weird, like starstruck sort of right. dynamic so, that was happening. Ugh. Here's the thing I want to say. The case, if you read the case, you know, I think it's a credible accusation. And I think that, um, you know, there, there's a chance that there was uh, misjustice, justice wasn't served, but Here's where let's eliminate that from the conversation. Let's just take Derrick Rose on his word. Let's take Derrick Rose on what he said in his deposition. And this is so this is not believing the accuser, which obviously we believe women and we think that the accuser should Absolutely. be treated with respect. But this is just for the sake of argument. Let's throw all that out. Let's just believe what Derrick Rose said. Go read that deposition. It's extremely problematic. It shows a person who does not, uh, who has some really weird beliefs about women, some really gross ideas about how he treated this woman. Even if you believe what Derek Rose said happened, it's a pretty disgusting thing that he did. And some people are going to say, you know, oh, that's just being a celebrity athlete. And maybe that's some of this is that we don't get what it's like to be an athlete who's a millionaire who has people throwing themselves at him every night. But that doesn't mean just because that's happening that he has automatic consent whenever, you know, even if this is this was a woman he was had a hookup relationship kind of going for a while just because he had been able to hook up with her whenever he wanted in the past doesn't mean she doesn't have the right to say no in a specific incident or feel violated Mm -hmm. or talk about those feelings. So if you just believe what Rose said himself and don't even listen to what his accuser said, you still come away from it feeling pretty gross about Rose as a person. Yeah. And it's, it's not just sort of ambivalent feelings about, about Rose and the wolves, but I mean, the NBA as a whole is supposed to be like, you know, socially progressive and, you know, they're, they're supposed to be like the most woke league of all the sports leagues. And it's just so weird to have all the, like the outpouring from all the, like the LeBrons and the, all the, the high profile guys coming out and being like, this guy's a hero. I'm a little more understanding of that because I don't think these, these players are so busy. I don't think they take the time to read the deposition. If you don't, yeah. and this is what I'm seeing with a lot of people who are responding to me on the internet, is that they haven't read the details of the case. They read a blog post about the case. They got like the 30,000, the bird's eye view of the case, and they didn't take the time to read the deposition, read the things that were on trial, and nobody takes that time. I'd say 90% of fans have not taken the time to look into it, so they're making all these assumptions and opinions, oh, she's a gold digger, he's a famous athlete, of course. They're making all these assumptions just being, you know, armchair psychologists who didn't actually get into and read it. I read everything because, like I said, Derrick Rose was my favorite NBA player. And I wanted to be sure about this. I I read through them all with a very skeptical eye. I was like, please let me find a way to still like Rose. And that's why I read everything. I was like, there's got to be something here that lets me believe in Rose as a good person. And I didn't find anything. No. And that's why I had to end my fandom of him. And, um... So I think uh, most people, all the NBA players, for example, probably didn't read it. So I can kind of understand that they're seeing this through the lens of the NBA. And this brings me to something that we should talk about is it's like, I think it's okay for NBA media to celebrate Rose's achievement on the court. If we're just talking about purely on the court stuff, 
he did something cool. It's not amazing. Everyone's acting like this. He's back. Derrick Rose is back. Yeah. Scored 50 points. Back to MVP form. The <laughs> Renaissance is here. And it's like, chill out, guys. Mo Williams scored 52 points, which is more than Derrick Rose. And then he was true. out of the league less than 60 games later. You know? Corey Brewer scored. Corey Brewer did it. We're going to get into He doesn't have a job right now. I, I was saying, like, 50-point games are kind of like baseball no-hitters. Mm. They're more common than no-hitters, so they're not even that special. But they're you'll see the weirdest baseball player you've never heard of. A guy with a five ERA for his career throws a no hitter one day and then just fades back into obscurity. And it's just like, (laughs) it's an achievement, but it's something that could be done by anyone. It was literally done by Mo Williams. (laughs) You know, it was done by Corey Brewer. Andre Miller. So I think it's funny that people are like, this proves Derek Rose belongs in this league. And it's like, chill. He got 50 points on like 30 shots. I'll, I'll say that it might've been of all the like, not of all the guys who surprised getting a 50 point game, his certainly was like the most meaningful, at least to him, you know, in terms of like all the injury history and everything and like the, the public, uh, the public kind of shaming that he's gotten in terms as a player. Yeah. Uh, it certainly in that respect, you felt good for him. Well, uh, you see him crying afterwards, just openly weeping on the court when it's done. And you can't help but feel for what he's been through. Mm. But I think that, you know, humans contain multitudes. We can both acknowledge that Derrick Rose has been through a lot in his career, basketball-wise, and this meant a lot to him. And I can even understand why it meant a lot to his teammates. I can understand why it meant to players in the league. But I think that as us, as consumers of this media, we cannot celebrate that achievement without also acknowledging the other stuff. And that's my problem, is people who are making this huge comeback narrative, Jim Pete saying, I'm no judge, jury, uh, no conviction. It's like, if you're going to bring that stuff in there, if if you're going to bring that up, then you owe the responsibility of going into it. And if you don't want to go into it, don't frame it as this big comeback if you're not going to tell what he's coming back from. Part of his injuries, but a lot of it is also that that the allegations in the case that he was in. So, like, it's okay, I think, to just if you're a fan who wants to say this was a great performance, I'm just focusing on the basketball and I enjoyed watching this game. That's okay with me. But I'm just saying, if you're going to bring it, if you're going to talk about this in a bigger context, if you're going to say, you know, this is a comeback story or let's celebrate him on, you know, a social media or something like that, I think that you owe it as a responsibility to also acknowledge what he's coming back from. Yeah. And the same with Kobe. Oh, yeah. I've never given Kobe a pass. I've always hated Kobe. So, yeah. I've never been a Kobe fan around this Post retirement, Kobe is kind of. He's gotten the biggest pass from everyone. But Yeah, he has. And that's what I'm Now he's like this this self help guru sort of thing. And it's. I always roll my eyes when I hear that sort of stuff with him. It's. It's complicated, though. It is sort of a weird dynamic when you're cheering for a guy who you know has done some some terrible things in yeah. his life and, and, and you like feel kind of guilty. Pe- but people say, he didn't do anything. Those are all allegations. No, read what he said he did, and you'll, you're not going to feel uncomfortable about that. And um, I feel good for the Wolves, at least. I'm going to link a piece, too, in the show notes. I linked it in Digest. It was a perspective of somebody who has gone through the experience of having uh, somebody perpetrate sexual violence against them and then seeing that person get rehabbed in the media and having you know what it's like to see people celebrating this person who did something so terrible to you so i hope you guys will read that we'll link it in the show notes um but it's complicated um it's it's something that i think talking about it is probably the best thing let's not sweep it under the rug no i feel good that it brought the wolves together at the very least i agree and like i said earlier it was a carthotic performance you know it was something that um 
made you not think about all the drama and stuff. You know, it was it was it was a fun performance. It's not an epic performance like everyone's asking. It's the worst fifty point game in Timberwolves history. <laughs> I looked up, I'll say this. Uh, this is jumping a little bit forward. I was going to drop the stat later. I looked up. Uh, let's see. Of the two hundred and fifty six games where players have scored fifty points in a game since nineteen eighty three eighty four. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose's game score of 35.2 ranks 229th out of 256. So mm-hmm. one of the worst 50-point games ever. But, um, you know, that just sounds like I'm being petty and taking stuff away from him. All I'm saying is when we're having a conversation about Derrick Rose, let's get nuanced about it because we're, we can feel multiple things at once. You know, I could feel like this guy deserves to, you know, it's, I don't think he should be like kicked out of the league or whatever, but I just feel like when you're watching Derrick Rose, you should also keep in mind all the other stuff. You know, yeah. he shouldn't get a free pass. That's true. Um, but I'm down to talk about it more with you online at Wolfscast. Check us out. Um, what we're going to do now is keep moving on with full court press. He's hitting up. Uh, this is a quick one. Uh, Timberwolves decline option on Justin Patton. Um, I don't know if there's really much drama here. I, I, you can feel decline. bad for the guy. I feel bad for the guy too, and I think that you know it's tough because I I feel like Tibbs has made some really good draft decisions with Okogi, and if they said they were going to pick Markenden if they didn't trade it, so who right. knows? It's easy to say, but if you were going to say like, oh, we would have chosen the great greatest guy, they sh- could have said we would have taken Donovan Mitchell in hindsight, you know. So, but <laughs> so maybe they would have taken Markenden. He looks all right, very injury prone. Um, and then Chris Dunn, I feel like, was kind of a draft pick that he chose because he was trying to trade him to Chicago. But, right. you know, it's, it's hard to evaluate the Justin Patton pick because he's never been healthy enough. Um, he's had some good moments for the Iowa Wolves, but big guys with feet problems, I I can't hate them for declining this option. You know, it wouldn't have been much, but who knows what a million or two dollars in cap space can do for you. You know, you can really bring in. Um, yeah, and who knows, maybe, I mean, there's certainly a possibility that the Wolves could bring him back. Uh, for who knows, maybe around the same amount or a little bit less, but I just hope that he finds a spot somewhere where he can play some NBA games yep. and you know make it through at least like the majority of a season because you you never want to see a guy never really get an opportunity to Absolutely. show what he can do. So yeah, I, I hope he keeps rehabbing. Hopefully, he'll stay with us. Uh, you know, you gotta love those Creighton guys. Yeah, you, you know? know, absolutely. We got AT. Oh, I looked it up earlier. Uh, Creighton players in the NBA uh, <laughs> for the game later. Um, Ooh. I didn't use it though, so you're not getting any clues there. Ah, okay. um, but and once again, this is something that as a fan, you don't have access to the medical reports that the Wolves do. You just gotta trust them on this one. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. But let's continue moving on. He's on fire. Uniform news. I love talking about uniforms. I love the aesthetics yes. of the NBA. I like talking court and uniform designs and logo designs. Absolutely. I'm so into that. We saw two different uniform news. We saw the black and green trees worn for the first time this season. The throwback uniforms looking good. I felt this weird kind of uncanny sense of deja vu when I was watching it because for the past several years, whenever I play as the Timberwolves in NBA 2K, that, that jersey, <laughs> they have all the jerseys from uniform history that you can wear. And so I always wore these for years. I've worn these always. every time I play as the Wolves in 2K. And so when I was watching the players in these jerseys, I was like, I've seen Gorgie in this jersey before. You don't uh, you don't choose the fat Kevin Love era, the, like the three years or whatever. I, I take that it back. That the, uniform, the green the... ones. Those ones are not in the game, thankfully. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they have okay. all the ones from the past era and the early eras, but they don't have that green one, the Al Jefferson era ones. <laughs> thankfully, those are bad. Um, but they have the Muskies one. <laughs> oh. It's the worst of all. Um, so, I mean, they look good. You, you enjoying the black and yeah, trees? Yeah, this has been something that we've been clamoring for for years and years. And it is the best throwback one we have. It's obviously the best throwback one we have. And it, I, again, I was a little bit surprised that 
I mean, they brought it back on Halloween. There wasn't that much fanfare in terms of the fans being there. I mean, yeah. I think there were like 10,000 people at the game or something like that. It's Halloween. Right. You know, so I was hoping that it'd be a little bit like maybe for the Laker game or something like that where they know it's going to be a sellout. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, it did look good. I hope that they keep – I hope this isn't the only time that they do it. No, they've got a couple more on the schedule. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm happy to see it come back. They do look – they still hold up. Sure do. They still hold up great. Uh, it was a little bit – in the broadcast, they had Pooh Richardson come on, and he was kind of like the retro wolf who they brought back. Who never wore these jerseys, by the way. Never, never. That wasn't a good conversation, it, by the way. They were talking over the game too much, and some awesome no. stuff was happening on the court, and Pooh wasn't saying anything interesting. <laughs> no, but you know, you get who you can get, and God bless Pooh. Pooh was there for Pooh Dini's big night. That's Derek Rose's <laughs> nickname. His grandma used to call him Pooh. Well, that's that's appropriate then. Yep. Uh, it does. It brings to light that it, it just made me think about how much KG hates Glenn Taylor. To be honest with you, because yeah. this would have been a great game for KG to be at a good number retirement ceremony. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it just made me. It brought that to light for me. I feel bad about that whole situation. So. All right. Well, that brings us to the new uniforms that were unveiled the other day. Prince jerseys. We've been clamoring for them for years on the pod. I've been clamoring for purple jerseys. Good to see it happen. Uh, It's a black and purple city uniforms. It's actually a dark purple and a lighter purple. It's kind of like a pinkish purple on the highlights and a dark purple for the background. Unveiled at Paisley Park. Um, Some cool stuff. Zach Lowe had a great piece about this uh, that I'm sure Neil will link in the show notes. He said that uh, Nike wanted to do a Prince jersey last year, and the Timberwolves said they felt it was too soon, and they had all these other new uniforms mm-hmm. and stuff, so they wanted to give it a year. Um, some of Nike's other proposed Minnesota-centric motifs, Bob Dylan, the Mississippi <laughs> what River. What would that have been like, the Bob Dylan? I don't know. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Photoshop some stuff this weekend and see if I can get up on Canis. Uh, the Mississippi River, that seems like a boring one, hmm. and the original Minneapolis Lakers. You might see some of these ideas down the road, it says. Um, the Wolves are worried about the jerseys being too purple, which, full stop, shut up. Nothing could be too purple. That's, no, that's not possible. Prince, Prince is the purple one, you know? So That's right. Best you're color, right about that. Best color on the spectrum. They tried different color schemes and a reverse look with the dark purple lettering with a lighter purple background. We ultimately got the dark purple background, the lighter purple lettering. Uh, there are outlandish designs based on uh, some of Prince's more daring fashion ensembles on the cutting room floor, which makes me think of like the assless chaps that yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tweeted an <laughs> they image. They went with that. I, I tweeted an image earlier this week saying, I wish they went with Graffiti Bridge era. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. some Prince with like. A lot of different ways you could go with it. Yeah. I'm going to Photoshop some of those as well. I'll get them up based on different albums because you could get really crazy. Um, they retained at least some of the craziness. The right shoulder features a pattern designed to mimic the studding on one shoulder of the jacket that Prince often wore around the release of Purple Rain. They initially tried to actually stitch studs onto the jersey, <laughs> but it's too complicated, which seems like that's dangerous, right? If you like yeah, shoulder a player with the somebody. studs, but man, how cool would that would have looked? That would have been awesome. Unfair and advantage. Apparently, they tried to get the love symbol, uh, you know, the the symbol of Prince that he wanted, he went by right, the, right. W- during his artist formerly known as. But there's a lot of copyright issues. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I like them. I like the, all the little touches they did with the video and everything like that. Um, here's a question for you, Robert. Mm-hmm. If you could only buy one of these two jerseys, the black or the Prince, which one do you buy? I, I got to buy the Prince one. I think that it's a little bit more special. Um, I really like the color purple. Me too. And also just knowing that there's so many of those black jerseys that are already out there already. Yeah, a lot of McCants ones. 
Yeah, so and the, the Prince you, one, you get a, the kids. Wally, you get a Wally throwback, you, you get know? a Wally, Sam Mitchell, yeah. all At, these any ones. any thrift store near you will probably have a KG version of that somewhere. Oh, there. absolutely. So uh, and being a fan of Prince, uh, I like the homage, and I think it's appropriate. You know, I'm glad that they didn't try to do some goofy like Mississippi River yeah. uh, connection. I know reading maybe the, it would have been really cool, but the Prince one, it's got. It's something that I think a lot of NBA players and guys on the team can also kind of connect to as well. Yeah, Tyus understood how special it was reading that low piece. And also on the low piece, it's interesting that some of the best design choices were suggested by Princess people. Uh, like yeah, the little yeah. Paisley icon on the that- shorts or the Minneapolis on the shorts. That was from the Prince people as well. I want the shorts more than the jersey. I hope they, <laughs> ma- they make those available because those shorts are hot. And just knowing that Prince was a basketball fan and he was a Wolves fan and and he was a Lynx fan. So that's yeah. that, it, there's some there's a little bit of depth there, which uh, which I like a lot. All right, one more question before we move on, uh, Robert. You're going to buy both. That's what I'm going to do. I'm yes. setting you up in a hypothetical. Why choose? I'm, I'm going to buy both. But how do you decide which player to choose for each one? I'm thinking I want to get a Wiggins and a Towns. I have a Towns in the mm. blue, the new icon. I think they're called. Right, I don't know franchise. They have yeah, the, I, the blue jersey. Yeah. I got a new blue jersey with Towns already. I have only like an old Wiggins jersey from before, and so I want to get a Wiggins and a Towns. I think. I think I want to go Towns with the purple and Wiggins with the black. Hmm. Just I think uh, I don't know. I, something inside of me is just saying that's the right configuration. What do you think? Um, you could suggest I other like players. To, I mean, get an old Kobe to, in there if you want. My fantasy is that they bring back Tayshawn Prince. On a ten day, and then be put, those, put those out to, just so you could get like an actual Prince Prince yeah. uh, inspired jersey, and have it not be like custom where you have to pay a bunch. The sad uh, thing about the Prince jerseys is that some of the numbers for font wise are really cool, like the sixes and the fours. Yeah, but we don't have anyone who wears those numbers. <laughs> no, sadly, it's like Wiggins is twenty two, Towns is thirty two. You know, even the twenty five if you're doing a Rose or a twenty three if you're doing Butler. Yeah. none of them are the you're cool cool numbers. Yeah, we need that Bielitsa '88. <laughs> Bielitsa, <laughs> what could have been? Uh, I, I think uh, a towns a towns uh, black uh, throwback jersey would. I think that'll uh, stand the test of time. So I would definitely do that, and then yeah, bring back Tayshard Prince on a ten day. All right, everybody, it's time to pay the bills. That means a sponsor. We have a very special sponsor. We're all about higher education. And today our sponsor is Butler University. Not that Butler University. No, no, no. It's a sister college they have. This is Jimmy Butler University. That's right. Jimmy Butler University. What kind of uh, courses or majors are offered at Jimmy Butler University, Robert? Well, I'll tell you what they don't offer, and that's chemistry. That's right. No chemistry. No chemistry. No no building for that on campus. But they get a major in hero ball. That's right. You can get a uh, you know communications degree with courses in how to manipulate the media, <laughs> how to leak things into uh, you know reporters. It's absolutely still come right. out looking the best. Uh, there's uh, there's a class on no BS or how to talk straight in you know. <laughs> uh, there's a hustle major you know you can major in hustle. All the classes start at like 4 a.m. because they only want the dedicated people who are going to get up and work all day to do this. Uh, you know it's Jimmy Butler University. It's uh, 
you know, it's uh, they don't use the Socratic method as much as the scream at you method of teaching there. The teachers will just berate you and insult you. and it, They'll you know, leak your grades to the media. That's right. They'll like call it. you soft. If uh, the grading is uh, not A's, B's, or C's, it's soft or not soft is how you're rated that's right. at Jimmy Butler University. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, uh, you know, there are scholarships for people who work hard, you know, people who go to junior colleges uh, like Jimmy did. So it's it's a great advancement school as long as you're willing to put in the work. Yeah, I think I'd like to go if I could choose when I go to my own classes, since Jimmy has kind of kind of put that uh, set the example there. But you can always use general soreness as an excuse to get out of class. Yeah, I'm just sore. I can't go in. But if I can't if I if I can't get that deal, I'm just going to uh, force my way out. I'm just going to transfer to another school. That's right. You can demand a transfer whenever you want. So applications online they are accepting applications you have to you know put your blood on the application actually though you have to that's bleed right. and show how dedicated you have to you link are. an instagram workout that's right uh, so that's uh you know that's jimmy butler university if you're interested in applying i recommend you don't uh, so thank you to our sponsor jimmy butler university uh, that where education is hardcore all right it's time for mailbag it's a mailbag it's a mailbag it's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. All right, mailbag. Uh, I am not as good as Neil at editing down responses. I feel like if you asked us a question, I'm going to try really hard to get it in. Let's so we're going to do kind of rapid fire through this mailbag because we're running a bit long on time. Because uh, Neil is the guy who's always the stickler about time. He makes Ugh. sure the trains run on time. So not us. That's not. That's right. We, we take, got a lot to say. We take our time with it. Let's go ahead and do mailbag. Question one. How many dunks will Teague throw down this year? That is from Robert Alker at Stinky Rob. Hmm. Did you try to register for Stinky Rob and he already got it? That's my burner. (laughs) That's your burner, Stinky Rob. Well, Jeff Tink, uh, I looked up his dunks by season. Uh, His first season, he had nine. Then he had 15. Then he had 33. 33. Fell back down to 19 the next season. Then eight. Then 20. Then four, two, nine, and three so far. So it has been uh, at least uh, four seasons since he had a double-digit amount of dunks in a season. Um so I would say he's had three so far. Uh, generally, I think he Good might start. He's probably going to get six to ten more this season. So that means probably I'm put him up to twelve to fifteen because they are okay. playing a little faster. Okay, so you're saying he might end up with eighteen dunks on the season. I'm saying he's going to end gonna up with say 10. fifteen. Okay, fifteen teens. I'm going to say ten. All right, and we'll revisit that later this season. Yes, we will. Right. Thanks for the question. Next question: Did Butler sleep with Towns' ex girlfriend? That is from T Dog at Tony the Beast ninety six. We've talked about this on the pod before. My answer is maybe, but probably not. Yeah. I mean, I, it's fun to believe in rumors, and it could be the case, and maybe one day we'll find out. But as more and more gets out, it seems like the main issue is Jimmy and money. It's Jimmy, one of those, Jimmy wanted us to tear up his contract and give him a crazy extension. One of those Timberwolves urban legends. Like knuckle push-ups. Yeah, or like uh, a KG punching Wally that maybe someday we'll... That's I mean, true. We found that out story came KG out. Wally, yeah, that story finally so came out. Maybe we'll find out, you know, in, you know... 15 or 20 years. Yeah, hopefully we do. I, w- I don't want to go to my grave without knowing. Yes. Uh, next question. Uh, should Okogi be our regular starting lineup because in our regular starting lineup because of his defense? That's from Sola Escobar at Solana Beats with a Z on Twitter. What do you think? 
I think yes. I think you give it a shot at least. And ideally, I mean, once once Jimmy goes away, you need someone who can guard the other team's best wing uh, wing player. Yeah, you need someone who doesn't necessarily need the ball a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's a good fit, and you know. I'm. I've started to kind of turn the corner a little bit in terms of expecting playoffs. Now, if the Wolves make the playoffs this year, great. They'll probably be an eight seed and they'll get bounced in the first round. If my expectation is a little bit more, let's try to develop the younger guys. Uh, try to get Towns' usage up more. Try to just get a style of play post Jimmy that works well for us. And I think Okogi is proving himself to be a big part of that. I think I'm okay with how it currently is, just because I feel like our bench unit could use some defense, so it's good to have him mm-hmm. be an option off the bench. Um, I also think that it's good to make him earn his minutes. He's obviously giving 100% effort right now, maximum effort, because he wants those minutes. And you see sometimes with people like Andrew, when you're guaranteed a starting spot, maybe you don't try as hard. That's um, true. Britt Robson, who we love and who should start doing his own podcast again, but he was on Dane Moore on the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Shouts to Dane Moore. He got hired by AM 1500 this week. So good for good you, thing. Dane. Congrats. Um, it was a great pod. And on it, he asked, well, if Britt was coach, what, how would he deal with Andrew? And he says, I would, I'd have Andrew come off the bench. And so yeah. it, that would be something that's intriguing if you're starting Okogi next to like Butler or whoever eventually replaces him and have Andrew come off the bench if you're trying to make a point to Andrew about that. But I think uh, right now that his his role is good right now. I think I want him to be hungry, you know? Mm, hungry I hear Okogi. that. I hear that. All right, next up, three-part question. We'll answer them as we go. It's from Adam Peterson, who is at... Lagomite, mm-hmm. Lagomite on Twitter. Um, first question: Has the trash trio of Glenn Tibbs and <laughs> Butlergate irreparably damaged the team for the lengths of the Wiggins and Cat contracts? The trash trio. Uh, they are definitely trying to damage Cat permanently, and, and you got to think Cat has less respect for this organization after he said, "I'm not going to sign this contract extension unless you get this Jimmy Butler stuff done." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, sign it. We got it covered." And then they didn't do anything about it. So I feel like Cat is rapidly losing faith in this and respect for this organization. But you know. Andrew's five-year contract starts this year. Cats doesn't start till next year. They're going to be around for a long time. So for the length of their contracts, no, it's too long. You know, yeah. you get over I'll stuff. believe it once he's like actually demanding out. You know, right. in year like three or whatever of his extension. Yeah, I think we're we have to be careful about it. I think it's yes. we're getting to the point where that's a question, but I don't think we're there yet. The contracts are a long time; they're already signed. Yeah. Um, question two: How many times during the Jazz game did you think? They're all cheering for an alleged rapist. It was like 12 for me, says Adam. Um, I mean, I had a lot of reservations about how he was celebrated and trumpeted in the media and stuff. But I have to say, personally, even as someone who thinks about this a lot, I wasn't thinking about it a ton during the game. I more I got think, caught up at the, at the game itself. Yeah, and I also think that when Rose is on the court, most of my complaints about Rose are his play. Like yes. he's, He usually gives you enough to complain about. Like, he sure he had a fifty point game. A lot of those shots were terrible. A lot of those are shots are shots that are no. never going to go in for him, and he got lucky, which you have to do. You have to get lucky shots to get a fifty point game sometimes. But he took a lot of terrible shots. He did a lot of one on five offense. He did a lot of times you could just see offensive members checking his teammates checking out on offense because they knew he was just doing his you know pick He's and roll. He's not the guy that I want taking like. The most shots on the team and per he, minute. He's or leading the team in shots this season. He's 16th in the NBA in shots taken right now. It's that's not what you want on a, a team that's going to need to move on with your young talent. You uh, I've had some people say uh, online, they're like, 
I said, Rose takes bad shots. And someone said, yeah, but Steph Curry takes bad shots and makes them. So what's the problem with Rose? And I was like, well, if Rose can shoot 48% from the floor, which is basically yeah. what Curry does every season, which is basically Rose has never done. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Rose, take bad shots if you can shoot 48% of the floor. And the guy said, yeah, but Rose finishes at the rim, so he should be allowed to take as many as he wants. I'm like, okay, man, you are a little bit crazy. of a little bit of a yeah, not quite the same. Yeah, I mean, you can give him the most shots on the team, but like, you're not going to do very well. Um, next up, uh, the last question from Madam Peterson: What is when's Cuckoo Kangaroo's halftime show going to happen? Neil on tour with Cuckoo Kangaroo right now. Four words. Check them out online. All their music is free. Go see them on the road. Uh, they have. I checked in with Neil. They've never done a halftime for any sporting event. So That's crazy. Uh, I think they need to cut their Not teeth even like first. Roller derby or anything like that. They have done roller derby. So I guess he didn't factor that in the Minnesota roller derby team. I forget their name right now. Thunder. Oh, I forget too. Uh, my bad. I apologize to them. Um, so yeah, I, I think first they have to work their way up. Maybe do an Iowa Energy, you know, and then work <laughs> yep, their way up. Yep. But I think they could do it. Maybe they need to make a themed album about basketball. They have one out right now that's about Panera Bread. So maybe once they do their sporting album, they'll have. It's some a tracks. natural progression. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they can do one of those like Sunday matinee games where all the kids are in the audience. That'd be yeah, yeah. Or like YMCA kids are there or something like that. I'm in. All right. Next up, a man you are familiar with, Professor Pigskin. Oh. All too well. At Prof Pigskin underscore Minnesota. He is on your Kings of the North podcast. He just beat me in fantasy this week. I'm still smarting from it. Mm, we don't need to talk about that. Let's no. not give him any more credit than he needs. He said, rank the following at Timberwolves 50 point scorers. Mo Williams, Corey Brewer, Derek Rose. Uh, he also said, has any other franchise had such an unlikely list of 50 point performances? This kind of ties in with a question from Q Card Guy. He said, discuss, if you will, most unlikely 40 plus game. D Rose, Corey Brewer, Mo Williams. Um, well, I did some research. USA Today had an article, Derek Rose, NBA's most surprising 50 point game since 2000. In that article, they listed three Timberwolves, Derek Rose, Mo Williams, and Corey Brewer. Uh, Mo Williams had never averaged more than 20 points a game any year of his career, and then he uh, had 52 points uh, at the end of his career. Corey Brewer, a career 8.9 points per game and zero All-Star appearances. Um, he also he had never eclipsed 30 points prior to his career night. I was there for that night. And we were like, I remember watching. Corey's going to get a career high. Corey's going to go for 30. He's going for 30. And then we realized he had a shot for 40, and we we're going wild. We're like, Corey could get 40. Yeah, how wild would it be? Corey Brewer gets 40. And then the place just exploded when he got to 50. He was just like, that was Corey at his Coreyest. He was just running out on everything, going for steals, mm-hmm. just careening into the lane, getting to the line a bunch. It was, oh, it was, it was a, a great, great game. It was against Houston. That's right. And Houston just they did not seem interested in getting back. And that's the kind of that's the kind of defense that Corey's gonna thrive on when people aren't really, you know, he's gonna test and release and just yeah. he just feasted on them all night. It was incredible. Yeah, going by game score, Cat had the best perform- 50 point performance, followed by mm-hmm. Corey, then Kevin Love, then Mo Williams, then Rose. Um, so I would probably rank them in that order. I was I, thinking, uh, do you think do you think Corey Brewer will get into the Timberwolves? Like, I mean, they only have Malik Seeley's jersey hanging from the rafters. If the no, if the Wolves had any no. kind of ring, of, they just yeah. g- they gave away a poster at the recent games. It's a schedule for this season, but it's a 30 year poster and has photos of all the big players in franchise history. Corey did not make a photo maybe, wall. He didn't maybe make a he's photo just wall. a much bigger deal in Timberwolves history Pat. in my mind. Well, then. I mean, your, na- your last name's Brewer, so I would hope so. Ah, All right. That's well, it. Let's do a quick quiz, quiz about 50-point games, Robert. Ooh. Can you name the five players who have scored 50 points in a game? Uh, for the Timberwolves? Yes. Um, 
kind of, well, D. Rose, I mean, we just mentioned some. D. Rose, Corey, Mo Williams, Kevin Love. And then the final one, uh, KG never scored 50 for the Wolves. Um, he has the career high for Timberwolves players. He has like is the, yeah, he had like 47 or something No, the Wolves. But. Uh, no, I'm saying that the player you're forgetting is the one who has the highest points in a game in Timberwolves history. Oh, Towns. That's right. That's the yeah. fifth one. Uh, which of the five players did it with the least shots? Who scored 50 points with the least <coughs> shots of those five? Uh, I'm going to guess it was Kevin Love. That's right. Kevin Love with 27 shots. Get who, to that line, baby. That's right. Who did it in the least minutes? Who played the least minutes to get their 50-point game? Hmm... I'm going to say that was um, Mo Williams. No, it is Derrick Rose. Played oh. 40 minutes and 51 seconds. 30 seconds less than Cat played in his 56-point okay. game. Uh, two more questions. Cat set a new record for points scored in a game at the Target Center with his 56. Who previously held that record before Cat? Not necessarily a Timberwolf. Uh, was it Tony Parker? That's right. Tony Parker, 55 <laughs> points, November 5th, 2008. And finally, that game. what awful. is uh, KG's career high for points? Uh, 47? You nailed it. It's 47. Against Phoenix, as I remember. Yes, so you're killing it. That's why we have Bunch Robert on the podcast, everybody. Uh, I said earlier, Rose's uh, game score was 229th out of 256 players who had scored 50 points in a game. Towns is 56th on that list. Nice. Oh, wait, 58th. 58th. Still good. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, like Michael Jordan and LeBron are ahead of him. Um, right. Good company, though. All right, final question on a positive or two final questions on a positive note because it seems like a lot of Wolves fans are negative this far this season. What are some of the positives uh, you see out of the season so far? Um, I like this. I always like talking about the positives. Yeah. Gotta stay positive. Um, Okogi, Okogi's been great. Okogi's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Um, the bench play, Tolliver has been super fun. Having mm-hmm. a guy who can space the floor and just take shots off the, you know, just positivity. Takes, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm loving that. I'm loving Gorgie playing well again. He's got a confidence. Loving Wiggins lacking. making his free throws. Yeah, again. Wiggins making free throws and just being more willing to shoot at threes has been great. Absolutely. So it's a little bit of a different style of play. We're seeing seeing more threes, a little bit more up tempo. Up tempo. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to watch this team because. I was telling Neil uh, on a previous pod where it's like it used to be like the bench minutes were like, oh, my God, we got to get through this. And now it's not like that. We've got a fun bench unit. We're Mm -hmm. getting the ball up and down the court. And Cat's trying harder on defense, too. You can see him trying to get those blocks. So uh, a lot of of positive stuff this season. Thanks for bringing that up. That is from N. Stumo Langer. Uh, uh, He had a second question. Are you too in love with the Prince jerseys like I am? Cue card guy also chimed back in. Thoughts on jerseys that break the color scheme and impact on branding like Utah and Minnesota and such. Um, I love the Prince jerseys. All for it. I love doing different color schemes. I love it when you break from the normal brand color schemes. Uh, this season, NBA players are allowed to be more creative with their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have to wear color schemes that were part of the team's official colors, and now they don't, which is why you've seen like Jeff Teague wearing purple shoes, which I love. You know, so um, I love it. Or uh, cat wearing like uh, like Michael Myers shoes. Oh, he's always got. He had two different shoes on Halloween: Michael Myers <laughs> and like awesome. Saw or something. Um, <laughs> Or Freddy Krueger or something. Um, so, yeah, no, we're, we love the new jerseys. I'm all about being weird. The weirder the jerseys, the better. Um, let's the just NBA is all about guys getting to express themselves That's more right. than any other, That's the best any part other of the sports league. league. And so accentuating that, always going to be for that. All right. Well, that brings us to our – thank you to everyone who wrote mailbag questions. Follow us on Wolfscast at Wolfscast. And, yeah, screw that guy. Uh, I'm more of a beefcake fan anyways. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shots fired. Uh, pull a sausage fan. Listen to Kings of the North, everyone. It's time to get into Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. That's right, Weekly Wolfies. We're going to peel through these because we are running out of time on this pod. Even though we could really do it as long as we want. There's no limitations on podcasts. No. Without the no author- restrictions. authoritarian rule of Neil over this podcast. But iron fist. I feel bad for him. He's in a van well, somewhere. Well, the cat is away. He, yeah, <laughs> the mouse will play. Um, but let's go ahead and hit our wolfies. I'll go first. Uh, my wolfie is to the movie Purple Rain. Uh, mm. A lot of Purple Rain homages this week with the jerseys. And Purple Rain is a movie that I can't judge you for not seeing. It's a very weird, strange movie. You should probably only see it if you're about my age and you watch VH1 movies that rock all the time because it was on there <laughs> quite a bit. Um, yeah, it but it's a great movie. It's it's not a great It's a terrible movie that is very memorable. Uh, <laughs> all the music scenes are amazing, um, obviously, because that's Prince's greatest album and just an incredible work of art. Um, and then all the other parts are like super cheesy and there's like weird stuff that doesn't like scan anymore in 2018 like it did in 84 like there's a scene where Morris Day picks up a woman throws her in a dumpster Um, it's a very weird idiocentric movie but I've introduced at least a dozen people to it I'm always showing people Purple Rain we've got a great drinking game I'll go yeah. into all the rules if you want to hit me up, but some of them are like every time Morris makes a sound like a bird, every time you see the Prince logo, every time somebody's wearing sunglasses indoors, <laughs> uh, every you have to finish your drink every time Princess Mother Effer. It is quintessentially Prince. It is. No, it yeah. oozes Prince. It sure does. It is as weird as Prince was. Um, so shots of Purple Rain, six dollars for the DVD on Amazon, seven dollars for the Blu-ray, and <laughs> I've got a great drinking game. So if you ever want to know it, uh, I'll give you all the rules. Sometime. All right, my weekly Wolfie. Uh, I got a question for you, Scott. So Ooh. these uh, this last week of games, these three games, which Timberwolf do you think had the the best plus minus? Well. You gotta feel well. The thing is, Rose, I mean, the Milwaukee game was Rose a played so many minutes that like his plus minus was basically the team's plus minus, which is, we won by three, so he's like a plus three. I'm gonna say, uh, call me nonstop, Josh Okogi. It was not Josh Okogi. Ah, right. It was my weekly Wolfie, James Nunnally. James Nunnally. He was one of the very few players who actually had a a positive plus minus, along with it. Tyus Jones, actually. Well, Tyus always has but, the plus minus Kane. But uh, James Nunnally had a very robust plus three, plus minus, and he actually had a fair amount of minutes uh, against Utah. I think he had like twenty minutes. or yeah, something Yeah, Nunnally like that. and C.J. Williams got in against Utah. That was yeah, great. yeah. So uh, I'm happy that we're actually getting some traction out of these you know, like ninth, tenth, eleventh guys on the bench. Uh, and also, uh, as you know, and as Neil knows, I'm a big fan of the From game. Oh, yeah. James Nunnally is from UC Santa Barbara, who has one of my favorite college nicknames, which are Ooh. the Gauchos. The Gauchos? The Gauchos. Excuse me? He James Nunnally is a Gaucho. So What is a Gaucho? Uh, I don't really gaucho know. Gaucho Marks? It might be. Gau- uh, <laughs> Gauchos. Oscar the Gaucho. Oh, wow. Wow. Gauchos. But just on a modern politically, I really like the way that gaucho comes out. So they're up there with, you know, banana slugs and uh, gooey ducks. Know, yeah, all that sort of all those great uh, kind of a little bit more obscure NCAA nicknames. So James keep it up. I hope that you're getting some minutes tonight against a uh, gold state. Me too. All right. Great Wolfies. That actually kind of is a good segue into the game we talked about from. Ooh. I know you're good at from. 
And so we have a, uh, for fans who are tuning in for the first time, uh, Neil, Robert go way back high school. I've known Robert since high school, too. Elementary school. Something that Neil and Robert have always played together is from, where you say a player's name and you say from, Mm -hmm. and the other player has to say their college. So Robert is one of the best from people I've ever known. Uh, It's a fun game that we continue to play. What I'm going to do, Robert, is I'm going to list a few notable alumni from different universities. You're going to interesting. From universities that... Timberwolves players are from. Okay. So I'll list a few notable alumni. You try to name that university. Okay. All right, first up, notable alumni include Tim Cook, Adam Silver, and Charlie Rose. If you don't know, I can give you an additional clue. I got Tim Cook. Uh, give me another one, because those three aren't ringing a bell All right. for me. All right, two current Timberwolves players are from this university. Uh, ooh, two current. I think Is it's... it... Is it um, Duke? That's correct. Ding, ding, ding. Duke is correct. And Tyus and Dane both from there. That's right. All right. Next up, uh, notable alumni include Will Ferrell, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, George Lucas, Jerry Buss, and Neil Armstrong. Wow. Wow. What an eccentric group. Um, Just based off of those guys, I'm not sure. I'm guessing it's a Southern University. Well, there's a lot of Hollywood talent. A lot of actors. Judd Apatow is also from the school. Gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I mean, is it like UCLA or something like that? Well, we don't have any uh, UCLA, but you're very close. We don't have any UCLA players on the team. But which player on this team went to it? Is it USC? It is USC. That's right. Taj Gibson went there. Notable alum as well. Let's continue on. This one, Jimmy Carter, Jeff Foxworthy, Calvin Megatron Johnson. Mark Teixeira, Nomar Garcia Para. Nomar? That's right. All from the same place. Uh, I can give you some more clues if you... Uh, is it uh, Wake Forest? Uh, no, but it's a great guess. Give me another clue then. Derek Favors. Derek Favors. Uh, Georgia Tech. That's right. Same as our boy, Joshua Kogi. Ah, nice. Two more, Robert. Roy Lichtenstein, the pop artist. <laughs> R.L. Stein. Oh, Two different Steins. Wow, I should know this. George Steinbrenner. Rutherford B. Hayes, Jesse Owens, Antoine Winfield. I'll give you some more clues. Oh, I should. Professor Pace is going to get mad at me for Antoine Winfield. Give me some more clues. Michael Red. Oh, Wisconsin. Costa Cufas. Oh, the Ohio State. The ah, Ohio State University. Gosh. That is correct. That is what Kata Bates Giap is from. And then finally, our last one Chris Farley, Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Jason DeRussia, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. I can give you some NBA players if you need it. Joseph McCarthy might be the best clue. Uh, McCarthy. And um, someone who's on our team also. Um, Kentucky? No, I'll give you some more players. Please do. Lazar Hayward. Oh, Lazar. Um, <laughs> Lazar is from Marquette. That's right. Same as Jimmy Butler. Same as Doc Rivers and Stephen Novak. Oh, Lazar Hayward. That's right. God bless Lazar Hayward. Good, good memories. Apparently, there aren't very good alumni from Kentucky or Kansas. This is what I learned from making this game. Yeah, just basketball players. That's right. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. I want to give a shout out to Neil, who is mixing this in a van somewhere right now. That's how much he cares. Sorry about the length, Neil. And I don't feel too bad, though, because it took us an hour to set up the audio. So I feel like you could have prepared us better for that. I'm blaming you, Neil. 
uh, Cuckoo Kangaroo, check them out. They're on the road. Kings of the North, check out the podcast. Even if you yeah. don't like NFL, it's really funny. Uh, you can continue to hear Robert with an H. will also be joining us next week again, Robert. I look forward to it. Um, come to Darby's to Pub and Grill. Uh, November is upon us. We're going to collectively write a novel for National Novel Writing Month. So if you come to Trivia, which I host every Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Darby's Pub and Grill, you can help contribute to this novel and get your name on a novel. You ever want to write the great American novel? This is your par- <laughs> your chance to be a part of it. So come to Darby's, drop a basketball hoop next to your team name. You'll get an extra point just for listening to the podcast. That's called the Podcast Point. And uh, thanks to Canis Hoopis for hosting us every single week. Uh, check best. out the Digest. Check out this post. I linked to several great articles. I mean, we're really firing off. There's been a lot of great articles on Canis this week. So I hope you'll check that out. And uh, you know what? Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself a hug. Uh, because you know what? It's easy to love someone else. It can be hard to love yourself. So everybody take care of yourself. Also. So Robert, anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, just that it's been a pleasure. I look forward to filling in for Neil uh, these uh, next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I, I can't wait for the Jimmy Butler gets traded episode. I Hopefully that I'll be around for that particular one. I can't wait either. Who knows when it'll happen. <laughs> All right, everyone, take care of yourself. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Follow us at Wolf's Cast. And remember, sometimes you just got to put that orange basketball in the hoop. Don't worry about Tib yelling at you. He, he does it naturally.